Hey, this is Jason Cass with Agents Influence Podcast, back again with uh, the topic of the weird and amazing people. This is the summer of the weird and amazing people, and as you've heard from the other podcasts, um, really, that is actually a compliment. I consider it a compliment. The guests that I have on here consider it a compliment. To be weird, you're outside the box, and to be amazing, you stick out in people's mind, and that's where those are the people I wanted to find. Um, so I've got a great guest. But before I do, I just want to thank everybody out there for um, going and visiting us on Stitcher. We appreciate. I got to tell you, it's kind of blowing me away as fast as we're growing this audience here. Um, people that would like the Billy that we have on today is, uh, is, 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 is a voice for change. I think that people are finally starting to recognize that voice for change. They're realizing that their voice can be put on a platform like it is now and, and they can be heard. And that's what we're here to do at Agents Influence. So we appreciate it. If you got a little bit of time since we'd spend time to do this, the only thing we ask from you is if you would go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, leave us a review, tell everybody who we are, then we can become a more recognized podcast. And that means we can get your voice to a larger audience. And that's what we're all about. Keep in mind, Agents Influence is completely free platform. It's sponsored by growprogram.com. It will always be free to you, but feel free to visit growprogram.com. Find out about the digital and marketing academy, our mastermind, our blog, which is written by 14 other agents who are kicking butt in this space we call the insurance industry. So uh, just feel free to get to it. So Without any more saying, uh, saying much more, I'm going to finally get to uh, the the podcast, and this is going to be an exciting one. You know, um, I've known this guy uh, for uh, it seems like forever, and we've really never even met. We've just done through social media and the new ways that we should be communicating um, that we do communicate with our friends, but the way we should be communicating also with our clients. So here we go, and we are ready. Hey, here we are back again now with the podcast. And as I told you, we've got a guy on. Uh, this is the summer of the weird and amazing people. Um, and one of the people that I think represents both of those very well is a is a gentleman that we have on named Billy Van Jura. Now, Billy is, um, you know, I don't want to take too much away from it because you're going to realize that uh, there's going to be a lot of things said that sometimes may move people's cheese. Uh, Billy's going to be saying it. I'll be feeding off him. He'll be feeding off me. But this is real. Okay. This is unedited. This is, this is two agents sitting down talking about the future and how we see it. And we want to know your thoughts of how you see it so we can come together and just like, just kill it together. All right. So here we go. Um, I'd like to introduce without, um, delaying anymore. I'd like to introduce Billy Vandura. Billy, say hi to the listeners. Hello there. All right, fantastic. Billy, here's what we're going to do. We're always going to start off the same way. Are you an iPhone or are you a Droid user? No, I am a Droid user. I've never owned an iPhone. I am, uh, I'm an outcast in my household and amongst my family members when it works. And, and so far, Billy, because you're a loyal listener, you know that you and I are outcasts to the audience that listens to this and to the speakers come on. I need to go back and count, but after doing 43 or 44 of these, I don't. I think there's probably less than a handful, like less than five, that are actually Android users, and and that's really not the same statistic as the rest of society. So that's why it kind of blows me away. You think the same thing, Billy? Yeah, I agree. I I, I don't get it. I I just need stuff that works. Same thing with my computer. Just just get the job done. I need done. I don't need anything fancy. I don't need a label. Just Android just works for me. 
Just get her done. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. So um, any cool apps that you've uh, downloaded lately or that you've seen? You know, I, I don't mess around too much with apps. I like my uh, I like my music, and Pandora and I are good friends, and uh, it serves me well and helps me get through a lot of the work that we have to do on our side. And um, uh, there's a cool note app that came on the phone, uh, but I'm I'm much more an old school, getting a pen and a paper, and at the end of the week, clean up all my thoughts, kind of thing. Yeah. So, no, it's really Pandora and I. I love I love music. I absolutely love it. So I'm with you there, man. Okay. Um... So let's get to it. Um, just As I said a little bit, Billy and I have known each other. Like I said, we've really never met. We've only talked on the phone three or four times, but I know his feeling. He knows a lot of my feelings. He listens to the podcast. He gives a lot of ton of feedback and comments, um, which many of you do, and I appreciate that. He also, we kind of correspond, um, and there's a lot of times that Billy and I don't see the same, we don't see the same direction, even though our overall goal, our overall battle is to is to move this industry forward and to help the consumers so that we can do business the way the consumers want and need and desire. Um, but also, you know, we, we, we just sometimes have different opinions and, and I love that about it. And so I told Billy, why don't you come on? Because you're definitely qualified for the weird and amazing people. And Billy and I started talking earlier when we were um, before this. I usually don't talk much to them, but I wanted to talk to Billy a little bit. And he was talking about an agency that you had come from, Billy. You had said that um, you had, first of all, tell us a little bit about you, your agency, um, and then kind of tell us how you got into your agency by telling us about the agency you came from. Does that seem like a good spot to, to start? Yeah. Okay. That's, a good, that's, that's a good way. So, uh, you know, there's two ways to get into insurance. Your family brings you in and you stumble in. I, I stumbled in uh, just over 11 years ago. Uh, closing in on 12, I had just finished a, a brief football career, and my mother-in-law, the networker that she was, said, well, you're marrying my daughter, go get a job, introduced me to a, a local manager of a large national company, and a couple of months later, off I was into insurance, and um, fast forward a few years, and I was getting the hang of things and doing well, and started having a lot of friends that really wanted me to do more, and that situation wasn't allowing for it, so did some planning and some things changed and, and another child came and another opportunity came and eight and a half years into my first stint, I left and, and went and started my own operation so I could do more for essentially my friends that, that like to pay me for their insurance. Um, fast forward now three years and it's nonstop growth, it's nonstop change, it's nonstop keeping up with things and kind of learning the brokerage side of the business while growing and trying to keep up all at the same time. Um, is essentially where we're at as we're sitting here. And, and the last time you and I spoke before this, part of what I do and, and how I've really learned a lot is I I get a lot more out of knocking on the door of local brokers. I research them a bit and I'll just go seek them out. I reach out to my other friends and say, well, who do you know? Who do you like? And I just ask them some questions about their business and how they do things. And you and I had spoke after one of my latest meetings and I was stumped with a newer agency that was still doing things like it was 1980 or something like that, where there was everything done by paper and they're, they're manually doing quotes. And I was, I was just stunned. All the computers are there, all the infrastructure is there, and they were still doing things in a manner that is, it's costing them money and it's going to, my hunch, like yours, is going to create a problem for them in the next couple of years. Um, and I see it often. I think you do as well. Agents mm -hmm. just, fear of change or just not willing to put in the effort because it does take some effort up front to 
to earn more money on the back end. And that's kind of where last jack got fairly animated. And there's and there's and there's more work up front to do less work on the back besides the money. And and Billy, I gotta say it. Fifty percent, forty percent at least, of the agent today that's in business collecting new or is writing new policies and, and renewing policies is walking dead. They're, they don't realize it, whether it's because of age, whether it's because of the generation they're in, whether it's because of the way they do business, whether they, they inject the new um, ways of the consumer in, accept those, are looking for different audiences, niching. If, if they're not doing that stuff or preparing, I hate to say it, but they're walking dead. There's a lot of listeners that are listening to this right now and they're saying, Billy, we're crazy. Why, why are we not crazy on that, Billy? I don't believe we're crazy on that because, uh, fortunately for me, they don't want to, most of these agencies don't want to listen, and it makes taking business from them very easy because I can do things in half the time. Um, my model is set up so I don't need to, pardon me here, but lie to you and tell you, well, hey, rates are going up across the industry, and this is just how it is, and we've taken a look, and, and there's nothing better out there. Well, you're a broker. I'm pretty good. There is something out there. It's not all the time. I get it. I, I take my lumps too. But because I'm efficient, because I can do work faster than you, because I'm using these signatures, because everybody's paying in full or going on automatic payments, I can make more per dollar than you can. Ooh, yeah. Over a period, you know, over a period of time, I'm you know going to just compound effect over the top of you, and you'll be out of luck. And, you know, part of my prospecting is to learn, but part of my prospecting is for acquisitions because you know, I've got an agent now. I'm, I, if time will allow, I'll have an offer out to him within about a week where I sat in his office and we went over some things and, and he's got this plan that'll probably take him seven or eight years. I said, do you want to do it in three? He says, you can do that. I said, if you listen to me and do what I tell you to do, yeah, I think we can pull together your finances within three years, but you're going to have to learn some new things. And he says he's up for it. So, um, but Money not talks, doesn't it, Billy? Really to do that. Money talks. What's that? Money talks. Oh, yeah. You know? That's what you know what? You haven't he heard it right yet. Up. You haven't heard it yet. The listeners haven't. They probably heard it now since they've seen it, hear this, Billy. But but I've got a guy that is bringing on named Ron Story Jr. And this guy is really awesome. And he he's amazing and weird. And he talks at the end uh, really in-depth in about acquisitions. And he, and he brought something. He, he's such a businessman. And he said something to me that was amazing. He said, he said, if I can either go to my competition and I can try and take each one of their clients one by one, or I can realize that majority of our 40 to 50% of the insurance industry is at retirement or ready to retire and they're looking for a perpetuation plan. I can either take their clients one by one or I can go there and buy all their clients. And that he's saying that the fastest and the best way, I can't remember the statistic he gives. It's 70, 80% somewhere in there. I can't remember. He said of, 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 of growth today in business is coming through acquisitions and not organically. So I hear what you're saying. And once again, as I should tell the listeners, that's why I got Billy on here. He's ahead of the game. He's already thinking the same stuff. Any thoughts on that? I think that acquisition part is correct. Um, what I think it gets tricky though is, and maybe you have this in your area and maybe some of your listeners do too. One of my, let's use the word concern. And it's kind of big is, the carriers are really interested in just working with a few brokers. 
they would rather people like you and I don't exist, even though we're good and we're profitable. You know, they're, they're, they like in many cases seeing this consolidation. And one of my concerns and part of the reason I push so hard is I'm trying to get out in front of a lot of those mid to large size operations before they go in and they just write a check. You know, I have to do it a little bit differently and my plan is a little bit different. Um, so I think your friend is correct. I think the percentage is closer to 70%, maybe even higher of the retirement age and or they know they don't have a perpetuation plan. They don't have a younger version of them coming up and, and that's a whole other topic of how crappy older agents uh, treat younger agents. Yes. Um, but I'd say it's closer to 70%. I'd say that acquisition part is correct, but I'd also say that it's got to be kind of a smart growth. So, you know, when I'm looking to acquire somebody, um, you know, this guy's a smaller operation. It's only been about about a year he's been in place. We take his 100 customers. I told him the reality is we only want 70 or so of those. We don't want all 100. I got to show you why. You know, I got to show you why those other 30 will end up costing us money. You know, I fired clients before, and it's tough. Don't get me wrong, but I do it kind of routinely. I almost, you know, I, I, not once a week, probably every six months or so, I let a, I let someone go who my hunch is they'll cost me money long term. So that's a, that's something to be careful with with those acquisitions. You know, and that's something you can't be scared about. I mean, sometimes a low retention rate, if you're doing it strategically, is not a bad thing. I think over a couple of years, it is a sign of a bad thing. But if you're doing like you're saying, Billy, and you're going to try and only take a certain amount of them, then you have to expect that the retention is going to be low, but it's going to increase the profit side, which which I think is is what you're trying to is what you're trying to say there. But the, you know, they always say too that you have your clients are A, B, C's, and D's, and you're always trying to get rid of your D's and you're looking hard at your C's and moving your B's to an A. So um, you know, I've heard a guy who's a sales expert, and you know, whether it's true or not, he said that every about 10 to 12 years, you should almost have 80% of a new book because you should constantly be getting whether or not that's true. And he's, you know, but it's an yeah. interesting concept to meet in the middle on. And, and, and I think that that's where we're going. And I don't think, and, and I don't think that they understand that. And here's the other thing too. Not only are you creating, um, uh, less, um, overhead, which is helping your expenses, but when you don't have an expense, but you still have money coming in, that was the same, that now becomes income. And I always say the advantage I get, which a lot of people don't think about Billy, is I can hire now that I have more income per amount of business. I can hire better people who are who are more fit for the job rather than just trying to find someone for twenty to thirty thousand dollars a year. You start saying, you know, as long as it's under fifty thousand a year, I really don't care about the money. I care about the actual person. It allows you to advertise differently, and it allows you to advertise more because you now have less expenses. And and so it's just more than just putting the money in your pocket and going to the golf course. It's actually about running your business, your agency, like a business. So yes. Yeah. Uh, let me take two of your two of your phrases there because you, you're absolutely correct. More of our counterparts would be better at adept at, at increasing their business acumen. You know, running a business versus operating. Well, this is how we've done it in insurance. But take those two phrases: that ABCD client um, and filtering through, and then the other part of um, you know, advertising. Um, I don't advertise, period. The only time I've done ads, you know, actual traditional print ads is because a current customer of mine has, you know, asked me to put it in their barbecue thing or their dance program or whatever it might be. Um, all of my efforts are applied to the people I know. All of my efforts is to make sure that I'm visible and I'm found and that when you sign on with me and I think of myself almost like a little mutual company, that when you come on with me, there's other benefits that 
Well, the New York, I, and part of me, I really just don't like, you know, classifying people as A, B, C, D, because the people I bring on, I've got that, and, you know, they've got that one car, they're a renter, they have no college, you know, they're not who the insurance companies want, but if you educate that person, you tell them why they need to take 100, 300 at a minimum, you tell them why an EFT and electronic signature is a good way, they're, they're not a D, they're just a person that nobody else told that to before. Sure. You know, so now you now you don't have to advertise. Now now they're just now they're your advocate. You spend an extra two to five minutes on the phone with them, that person's gonna go out and sell you more than any ad or any mailing you can possibly do. You know, and, no and, bigger and truth, that's really. where the money comes from. No bigger truth right there. Well said, well said and well put. And I think there's a lot of people that agree with you. And if you don't, you need to back up the the, the podcast and listen to Billy Giggs. What he did is he just spoke the insurance sales gospel. So that's right. I'm with you there. It's all about educating those people. And and it's about how you educate them, too. You can't sit there and bore them. you got to put it in their life. You know what I mean? In their real life. Oh, yeah. Really. You know, break the numbers down per month if you have to. If you feel that that's why they break it down to here's why we do things. So we just... We told the woman we're going to do a six-month policy. And she's like, well, why? I like the year. I said, yeah, but if we do it for a year, all those occurrences, you're stuck for an extra six months that you don't need to be. Yeah. Let's do a six-month plan. Let's do it this way. And all and there you go. I'm trying to help you out, and now we're winning. You know, And that's not more work. That's just building a better relationship up front. Yeah, and you know, you know? I, got, I have one of my carriers, and obviously can't say names, but I have one of my carriers that will give, a lot of carriers do, they give that uh, eight-day prior discount. I thought this was cool the other day. I didn't put this together in my own head until I had my rep did. You do the eight-day prior discount, and then you have them pay on six months and pay in full, and they're actually getting like, I think it's a 12 or $13 discount. That's a true mm -hmm. discount off the off the bottom line. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, and if, you know, I've written on this before, and it's funny, and, and if we could maybe kind of say, we said the word advertising, you said the percentage and the discount. It's, it's funny. I, when's the last time someone went to you, Location, you know, that, that equates to 15% off my bill. Or that, how much is my percentage discount? There's what do they trust percentages? They want dollars. That's you true. You go through this driving course. You're going to spend $24.95. You're going to get a $60 savings this year. It's good for three years. So you spend $24.95 and six hours on a computer. You save $180. Nobody cares about percentages. Yet our industry loves putting percentage discounts, and they don't want to throw the fine print of, you know, like your lawn discount. Well, your lawn discount is only good off your coverages. It's not off the whole. You're not taking twenty percent off the top of your policy. You know, so that is true. So that's a bit that I never thought of that, Billy. So that's kind of a benefit marketing sales tactic for them. But yet on the other side, they're not um, they're not conversating correctly with the consumer in the in the context they do. So that's um, oh, yeah, that's interesting. I, I really never thought of that discount. Versus that that money. Now let me ask you this here here let, let's really get these listeners going, okay? Let's really get some drive some comments and controversy. So Billy, what's your thoughts? Do you think insurance is a commodity, or do you not think it's a, not a commodity? It's a hundred percent a commodity, and it's an outstanding thing for agents that pay attention. See now, it's now absolutely. Listeners. It's, it's yep. a, I know somebody somebody just got angry right there, and that's yeah. okay. That's why I brought you on, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> so. It is a commodity. It's because this is how the big companies have made it. You're not going to change it. So you might as well just accept the fact and say, okay, well, how do you distinguish, you know, how do you, how do you stand out when all you've got is a commodity? And it's very simple. It just rolls everything together. 
don't operate like the big commodity pushers. And you know who they are. There's some that the only angle they have is to push it on a volume basis to plop agents on every corner that they could find space or to put their name in front of you in every which medium they possibly can because they're not you. Because who can look someone in the eye and show them their best interest, who could write them coverage, you know, thinking, hey, wait a second, I live in this person's neighborhood. What if their car hit mine and it's me and my kids? What if something happened? You know, you've got these massive advantages and instead, and this is not you per se, but certain agents are all they're doing is pushing advertising online to try and get quotes. They're trying to play a game they're just never going to win. And they're missing out on the fact that all the hard work's been done. They've leveled the playing field and said, we can't compete with you, so we're going to make this a commodity. And if you try and play their game, you're done. But if you just use all your strength and say, they had a woman a few weeks back, it was, it was outstanding. And I did the math. And I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. But that's pretty, your return on investment's got to hear. So the lady that sent like a $2 bill to everybody and said, pay it forward. Yeah. Let me, let me see a big company do that. It's not going to happen. That's a huge move. That's outstanding. Got another guy over in Connecticut, right? That uh, puts all the business owners he works with, or I think he publicly puts them out on his website. He's got his own little discount program or something. Yep, yep. Who he else does. Is doing he that? does. His name that's is. That's, I, I know who you're talking about. You can say the agent if you want, because I have his. All right, uh, I don't want to get anybody in trouble, you know. But but it's such a simple thing to overlook, you know. And looking like this, if anybody you work with, if all you do is bring a little bit of extra value that most anybody else can't, including including the broker down the street from you that's still advertising, that's still, you know, is just hoping and praying that the renewals go through even though there's a 9% increase, then it's on you. But if you simply say, hey, wait a second, let me bring some value because these people are paying me, because these people are affording me a nice lifestyle, then the commodity is your best friend. So that's what I'm saying. So you're saying that because it's a commodity, it's actually a benefit to someone like the independent insurance agent because we can run our businesses freely and provide different values that we want that still takes a commodity, but yet separates yourself from saying, hey, I may be selling a commodity, but we sell that commodity different than, than the bigger companies is. Is that what you're kind of saying there, Billy? Absolutely. And, okay. and like, you know, in my, in my brain, it's almost like you've joined my club. You don't pay a membership fee. You know, your fee is your insurance bill and that you trust me and you, you go ahead and you, you know, pay your bills the way I like to pay them, that you take the deductibles that I recommend, that you actually listen to me. That's kind of your entry fee. And once you're in, I open up my world to you. You are simply, a, you know, you're not a, and, I, and pardon, you know, back to that ABCD thing, you're not a client. You're a new friend of mine that happens to pay me for their insurance. What can I now do for you? Okay. Right. When you start acting that way, just and acting that way, when you start being a reasonable human being that's sharing, that's, you know, why would you not want to share good things? When you start acting like that, you'll see. You'll see really quickly. The commodity of part of things is, is awesome. <laughs> wow. Wow. So commodity is an awesome thing. And when you accept it, and you play to your strengths. Um, yeah, that, that that's really cool because before when it wasn't a commodity, it wasn't a layable playing field, so you had other factors. But if you accept it as a commodity, it's a level playing field. And then because it's level, you can stick out easier with the value and the services and the membership quote type environment you provide. 
that that's is right. that is a uh, that's um, that's uh, pretty awesome. And I've got my little notes here, and I'm writing that down. I'm writing down insurance is a commodity, and I'm going to do a rant on that because um, I like that. That is, it makes sense. Um, okay, so so. Uh, anything else? I got a list of things we could talk about here, Billy. But has anything come up specifically that that you, I mean, that you want to talk about that you think needs to be brought out on 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 onto the table? Um, anything that you any any thoughts you have that you want agents to think about think about differently? Besides, obviously, yeah. that insurance is a commodity. <laughs> well, well, while we're annoying people, uh, <laughs> let me throw this out of you because you and I, although we came from different backgrounds. Our story is similar. Uh-huh. We, were work, we were working in a situation that it was one-sided to a certain extent. And, you know, my responsibility and yours or anybody's that I think is hiring anyone is to create a situation that the person doesn't want to leave. Okay? Do everything in your power that if you're going to invest that time and that money and train this person and make them into a professional, you need to create a situation where they don't want to leave. And I'm... And, Let's face it, the biggest piece of that puzzle is and will likely always be compensation closely followed by flexibility. In my opinion, and you could feel free to throw it out there on, on your end, Nick, we will run out of agents soon as long as older agents still operate under a, what I'll call an old compensation model where there's no shares, where there's no you're not in like an ESOP situation where there's not some sort of an ownership because, and, and all, whatever you want, generation, whatever the heck, or millennial, it doesn't matter. You've got to give them a reason to want to work with you. You've got to give them a reason to feel invested in the operation and cut you in for half the commission and you know maybe cover some expenses. Long term, that's why you don't have anybody coming in to perpetuate your business. Yep. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, you, you're, yeah, I mean, I agree with you so much. I, I could, I could jump out of my pants because I'm telling you right now, I'm, I was living an example of that. I came from a great agency, but they had, I mean, they weren't wanting to think outside the box on anything. And I got to tell you, I really wasn't bothered too much by the compensation, but I was wanting to have a perpetuation plan of some point that changed my compensation and my percentage of ownership as the years went on and I was able to take it on. So I can definitely see that what you're saying is actually the, the, the truth and it's totally the truth. And we had um, uh, a John Feeder on last year where he talked about behavior modification. It's a very good podcast back from March to all the listeners if you haven't, if you haven't listened to it. Um, let me ask you this though. Let's let's put it out on the table. There's a lot of different types of compensations. I mean, what type of compensation? I mean, model should people be looking at? Once again, uh, I mean, Billy and everybody, every agency is different. So just because Billy says oh, yeah. something, you may not agree with what he's saying, but there's probably a bunch of people, listeners, that are guys. So understand that this is just about Billy's thoughts. But what are some of your thoughts, Billy? So you're absolutely right, and I don't believe any model is one size fits all. Um, and, and that's absolutely correct. And I'll tell you, you know, the, 
Uh, the person that works with me right now, you know, has one situation that works for now. And I know that if it continues to progress, we're going to have to adjust it. Um, the gentleman that should be getting an offer from me, you know, as time allows here in the next week or so, um, his situation and his goals are different. So we're adjusting the situation accordingly. And I'm going to get some brush back when I sit down with my attorney and, and explain why we need to do it this way. I, I know that's coming. But... <laughs> I, I have a clear purpose. You know, you, if you're a business owner, you know what you want to earn. This isn't a guessing game. You know how much you want to earn. You know what your plan is in the future as far as selling or merging or acquiring. You need to have these things semi-figured out. And then you set these new producers' compensation accordingly. And if you're not given a mistake in the game and you think some sort of written agreement, you know, it's a non-computer or something like that is going to, is going to do anything more than create ill feelings. I think you need to rethink things a little bit. Um, if you've got young producers in the mix that are five or ten years younger than you, I suggest you do the opposite of maybe what you guys did. If you, you put something in writing to make me feel good, like I'm a part of this operation, yep. and you do it quickly. Unless, of course, your plan is simply just to sell to the biggest guy in your neighborhood. Then don't worry about it, because you're not going to need me. But You'll be worth more if you cut me into the deal. And that's what I tell her, you know, my operation will be worth more if I take care of some other people around me and make them happy. You know, then if I eventually sell in, in the next couple of years, which is kind of part of the plan to sell or be acquired, um, or however you want to look at it, I'll earn more on the back end if during the next couple of years I take care of other people, period. Darn right. Absolutely. It's almost like Zig Ziglar said, just take care of people and the money will fall in. You know, that's, and, and that's absolutely it. And, and it's, you know, uh, there's a big squeeze on and, and I'm not telling anybody anything new when it comes to compensation and ratios and what they're paying and not paying and what they're paying more for this risk and less for this risk. But go back to what we said a few minutes ago, be efficient, use technology. Don't spend money on advertising. Spend money on your customers. You'll get more out of it. That's where you make up the money. You know, remember that image I talked about? When I go in there and I see you using only paper, I immediately know I'm making, I don't know, let's just guess like 30 cents more per dollar than you are. Yeah. Because I'm handling things more efficiently. I'm not spending money on ink. I'm not spending money on paper. It took me, it's been three years now. I think... I'm going to get you. I think I've gone through, and some of the stuff they've at home, so my kids take the paper, and, and then my wife prints coupons on it. I think I've gone through six or so reams of paper, which is about 3,000 reams total in three years, or 3,000 pages in, in three years. I, you got operations going through a box a month. <laughs> Dude, you know? yes. And you know, Billy, I, I brag about that on my presentations. I, I'm on, I'm almost done with my third box of paper and I've been in business and I've been in business since one, one of 2010. I, I brag about that. I mean, to be honest with you, it blows me away. It really does. I'm like, man, this is crazy. But I mean, it's, yeah, that's, you know, but also Billy, you, you've got a lot of points going on. I want to kind of start to start to head back down the hill and wrapping this up, but also the compensation um, factor that comes in um, with the company to the agency is something that needs to be revisited. This hey, same percentage every time doesn't create results, obviously, that insurance companies want all the time because that's why we're going in and out of hard markets. 
Think about if you, you know, if you took some of the stuff John Fear talks about, behavior modification, if your goal is to increase your retention ratio, well then pay people based on the rewards of them having a book of business that has a high retention ratio. Let's say that, let's say, I mean, they, some, uh, a company pays you, and, and once again, we will talk, not talk about companies, we're talking about complete open commissions of any company that can be out there. Um, and let's say a company pays 15% commission. Well, what if that client, if they stay with you for three or five years um, and they have this low of a, of a loss ratio, almost like we do on contingencies, but taking it down to your contract level by saying, you know, this person here, you could possibly be getting paid in five years 21 or 22% based on their individual loss ratio and based on their individual, um, uh, them staying in their retention. Because now you start to change the mindset of the agency to say, okay, 15%, 15%, you know, renewal, renewal, renewal. Well, now there's kind of a little bit more of a vested interest where, you know, where we may get an, uh, a guy who gets a rate increase of 5% and we'll spend three hours trying to reshop them, which is absolutely absurd. But if, but we know that happens, Billy. So what, how much more of a motivation would they have not to shop them, which would save time for the agency, save money for the agency if they knew, hey, maybe I want to get on the phone and actually educate. Now, it's 100% ridiculous that we have to pay somebody more money than we already pay them to do the job that we originally paid them to do. I understand that. But that's the way that things uh, that things are coming, and 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 so I, I mean that's the way I see things going because there has to be a change not only from agency to agent, but we need to open up all the doors, throw everything on the table, and say how can we improve that compensation from the company to the agency? It all needs to change. Yeah, I I, I think you're correct there. Um, however, I it's kind of like loss ratios. You know, like if you're budgeting for a certain loss number. I get it if you're this massive company with you know millions and millions under management. But when you're a guy building a business, you can't factor for that. And I don't. And that's that puts back to all those efficiency things again. I'm I'm making more per dollar. And when I'm bringing you in, if you decide to work with me, you know maybe you could earn a little bit more somewhere else, a point or two. That's cool. But you also know that you're in this sort of for the long haul. You know that you got a vested interest in this operation, that it's a kind of a better place to work, that we are going to be flexible, that we are going to you know, work with you as far as the money. And as this thing grows, your piece of the pie is going to grow too. And if we are in that position where you know, that merger takes place or that acquisition takes place, you're going to be a heck of a lot better off than if you're just a producer at a big operation that decides to do the same thing. You know, so, so Billy, what's your uh, would you give them equity in the book? What's your stipulation? One hundred percent. From they day one, earn it. they they got to earn their way up. Absolutely, but this guy will have a, you know he will have equity equivalent to the you know the the um, premium he brings in the door. Absolutely, and I think that's the that was his biggest gripe for the other company. So let's eliminate it. That other company you know didn't get as much out of that person, and no other company will. You know, if they leave and now they're annoyed, well, let's just take that off the table. Okay, if that's what you're looking for, he told me what he really wants to be earning going forward. And I said, okay, I can live with that. So I'll make the compensation accordingly to make him happy. He's going to be a better human being in, in six months, let alone 18 months, when I really got, you know, some time to teach him things that his old agency didn't teach him. You know, and he's going to earn his money faster. He's going to have it on his terms. He's going to be flexible. This goes for anybody. You got to, and I was back and forth with one of your buddies last night on, on, on Twitter or something, and it was, 
our industry is so busy making people insurance salespeople, and they skipped over first making them a professional, second making them you know a professional salesperson, third teaching them how to sell insurance. You know, yeah, you that's actually, that's two. good stuff. That that's good stuff. I never thought of it that way. Say those again. So the first thing they forget is teaching them a professional. You got to turn them into a professional first. Then, now that you know you've got a professional that you know, knows how to work a room, knows how to follow up, knows how to bring value, knows how to connect people, now you add in that sales element, and the sales will only take care of himself because now you're just helping people buy, and you teach them product. You, you and I and most others, most agency owners can teach product all day long, right? Right. But it's back to that percentage thing. Who's asking you about the percentage discount they're going to get for having VIN etching on their car? Nobody because it's not much and nobody cares. But if, if we stick to the important stuff and say, I'm here to take care of you, this is a baseline of coverage, this is how we're gonna do things, this is why. You know, it, it's, it's complicated. I, I laugh, there's a carrier that I'm, I'm close with and, and maybe you'll, you'll enjoy this. Um, water, we use water backup endorsement as, as just a, a generic endorsement, right? right? It's not an option. That's how we do things. New York's a no-fault state. You get the most no-fault that the company we're putting you with can provide, period. You have a bill that wants to save some money. No, 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 no. That, that's not how we do things. You take the decision-making out, and now this agent, this professional, has got all the time in the world to build a relationship. So you're almost ensuring your retention by taking care of the person, right. by not playing the same game as some large companies. And if you've looked at enough personal line decks, you know who I'm talking about, where They'll, they'll drop some coverages that could be higher to save four bucks or five bucks a month. Come on, I spent, you know, my sister and I, we spent more than that on lunch. You know, it's more than that on coffee today. And you're trying to save people. You know, it's the whole package how you take care of people. So It is, it is, it is, it is. Hey, listen, let me, I want to hit you on your social media stuff. Yep, let me ask me. you the same that came with my book.